whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. friends, Karen Pennington here. And you know, the reason that I call this post Daily Adventures in Grace, you don't see that on YouTube, but uh, some of the other, when it's in podcast form and um, in written form, I call it Daily Adventures in Grace because I personally think it's very excited when we're just sort of living our lives and something kind of seemingly normal, common comes about. And then in that you find like like it explodes some sort of secret of something that's like the meaning of life. And for some reason, for me, I, I, I think I've, I've been blessed in that something hap- something will happen and God will just show me, you know, look at that. That is everything. That, that, that's pointing you. It's not that in itself. It's pointing you to something that's amazing. Uh, I think that's what Jesus did. Jesus, obviously much better than me, had this ability to take little seemingly everyday things, the mustard seed, the, uh, a sheep, water from a well, things that people would see every day and go, listen, look at this. Even in this little piece of creation, I'm pointing you to the creator, which is amazing, which is awesome. And over the past day or two, that thing for me is wood pallets, which quite frankly, I, before a few weeks ago, almost never thought of. I I know what they are. I guess I'm glad they exist. They had very little to do with me. But, um, Recently, my husband has started a sort of a backyard recycling project. It's yeah, something just that he enjoys doing, sort of fills the time. It's it's a it's a habit he wants where he's recycling these wood pallets and turning them into planter boxes because those are a little bit easier to use for a garden. Now, you know, the wood pallets are those things that every city has thousands, millions of them, any uh any place that stores anything, you know, it's the, it's the packing pallets for when you're moving things. If you're a truck driver, you know it very well because that's how you fit everything in nicely. And um, there's a lot of them. They're very useful until they're not. And then there's just tons and tons of them. And it turns out pretty much anywhere you live, there's somewhere where people are so ready to get rid of them uh, because they would have to pay for somebody to come haul them off, that they're very happy to give them to you for free. And so my husband, um, actually my son-in-law a lot of times just drops them off. He'll be driving to, he works in construction and he'll be driving to some place and he'll stop off and say, hey, we have a whole bunch at the shop and leave us 15, 18. <laughs> and, um, and it's helping out his boss because it's not taking any time from him. He's just on his way somewhere that he has to be anyways. And so... <laughs> Our yard is a pallet factory. It's not a very big yard either. Uh, but so the first time he made this planter box, it's, I mean, maybe two or three feet high, six, six, seven feet wide, um, two, three feet wide. Uh, and he filled it and he, he took a picture of it, showed it on Facebook, showed some of his friends. And immediately people were like, oh, that's amazing. How much can I pay you to make one for me? How much can I pay you? know, and, and I guess evidently you, 
these little things can go for hundreds of dollars a piece. And it's what it cost us other than Ben's time is a couple of nails. Every once in a while we have to get a new blade for the saw thing he has. I don't even know what it's called. But a few nails, a hammer, which we already have. You know, just it's it's costing us a couple of bucks and all of a sudden it's worth a couple hundred dollars. And um, So maybe this might be a good little side business for us. This is not just something that Ben likes to do and so we're kind of pursuing it. And the idea is it's not really costing us much money. It's just time and where we're using stuff, we can provide something that people want. There's plans to make, you know, playhouses and things like that because we are grandparents, of course. And what I'm really interested in, money, or well, I would like money. That would be nice to have more money. But what I'm really interested in is that this thing that is worthless right now to the hands that it's in, it's, it's worthless and they would, I mean, sometimes they pay people to take it off, to take it away, to trash it. In it, there's this inherent value that in the hands of the right person, it all of a sudden is restored and it's repurposed. And not only is it restored, it becomes in a way better than it was. I mean, pallets are useful. They're good. But who goes, oh, I can't wait to get a pallet. It's just kind of, it's a mundane thing that you can have a lot of, a dime a dozen kind of thing, you know. Um, not really. They cost a little more, but it's just one of many. It's in this lineup. And all of a sudden, this thing that started as one of many um, would have ended as garbage, fuel for the fire, something, you know, unwanted, is all of a sudden repurposed. And this is beautiful thing that's on display in a yard that people would pay a great price for. You know, I'm a wood pallet. That's what God tells me. That's what God's telling me. I'm a wood pallet. This is a little bit of a dream for us because for years, since we were early married, my husband said, you know, I would love if I could, you know, if money weren't an issue, if I could just do it. I would love to go across Northern Virginia, which we live in Virginia, and go to the old barns, you know, that old, everybody's seen that. Wood in the old barns that just, it's, it's knocked down, and the farmer can't really afford the time or money to take it away. But people sometimes will take that wood because the oldness, the th very thing that almost makes it seem ugly in that state, makes good flooring and makes good furniture and makes good um, woodworking. And or like my husband, like I would love to just grab all of that wood. It's so beautiful and turn it into furniture and turn it into things and. And I, at the time, I was like, we can call it Reclaimers, just like, because I'm an old barn. <laughs> I'm like an old barn. I, I'm this piece of material that, without the master, there's a sense of valuelessness, a worthlessness. There's a sense of... Maybe I don't matter as much as I should. And yet, in the hands of the right woodworker, I'm priceless. In the hands of the right woodworker, somebody would pay a great price. I'm back where I belong. I've been repurposed.
been redeemed. That's the word I want to focus on. This week I've been talking about words that matter, words that change us in honor of my toddler granddaughter who's learning new words pretty much every day. And there's like this dual word. Um, it's, it's two different words in Greek, but they're connected. It's redeemed and reconciled. Redeemed and reconciled. I'll tell you a little bit because I like Greek. I'm not great at it, but I love to look it up. Uh, I just happened, not by coincidence, by God's grand design, to be reading in Ephesians now. And Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 very much hit what reconciled and repurposed is. He's talking a lot about the gratitude we have to Christ because Christ has given us value. Christ has set us apart. Honestly, he set us apart from the beginning to have a purpose. We know. God knew who we were supposed to be. <laughs> he made us, you know. And we may have gone through these parts in our lives where we didn't understand our value and we didn't act upon our value. Maybe we're doing that now in one way or another. But God God canceled that. You know, we did these things that took us away from our relationship with God. Uh, A.K.A. otherwise known as Sin. We sinned and we broke that relationship and we got old, we got dirtied up and we got beaten up and God changed that, that, that word redemption. It says in Ephesians 1, 7, for in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. That word redemption, redemption is, let me say if I can, apolytrosis. That word latro or lutro means to release from ransom. It's a, it's a ransom term. It's somebody else took what you had. Uh, in modern terms, something got sold to a pawn shop for less than what it was worth. Something happened that took us away from our rightful ownership through Christ. Again, let's just call that sin because that's what it is. Um... Something happened to us. We did something. It, it, there's both. We did stuff. We're not without fault. But things also happened to us. And and now we're in this dirty old mess. And we don't even know where we belong. But God bought us back. God bought us back. Not just through that pawn shop price. He paid full price for us. Through Christ's blood. The only one who could pay for us. Paid for us. Listen very closely. If you know the Lord. If you were in Christ. You are valued. You are valuable. You have a purpose. Anything in this world that tells you different is a lie from hell. Listen very closely. If you don't know Christ, if you don't know Christ, if you haven't received him as your savior, God still loves you as much. God still values you as much. And that redemption price, that full price is just waiting. It's waiting. You're sitting in a pawn shop knowing not what what your value is. But somebody is waiting to redeem you. And all you have to do is ask. All you do is say, Jesus, I need you right now. I dare you to do it. Jesus, I need you right now. Show me who you are. Jesus, redeem my life. I don't know what that means. Show me what that means. If you really mean it, I promise you God will do it. I just dare you to ask. 
We were bought with a price. You know that thing about old barnwood? The very thing that makes it look horrible, decrepit. That barnwood has been resold and used for flooring that costs thousands, sometimes tens of thousands of dollars because you can't really fake it. There are people that'll take chains, my husband told me this, and beat at wood just to try to make it look like this barnwood does. And it, it almost does it, but nothing is quite the same as that person that's been weathered, or that, excuse me, <laughs> that, that wood that has been weathered. So you see the very things that we think cause ugliness in us. Jesus can redeem it. Redemption. Jesus' blood buys us back at full price. And not only are we just as ever valuable as we've ever been, full price to God, but we're, but the, the timing, the wearing, the scars, that's part of our beauty. We're not a lemon in a car lot that's 10 years old, 20 years old, and has lost its value. We're one of those beautiful old 1950s or 1920s restored cards that the very age and the very wearing and the very weathering, that's part of our value because that's who God is. You know, we're coming on an age where antiques that are restored are becoming very valuable. Um, I knew that all along. You know, it just occurs to me, occurred to me just the other day, I'm talking carpentry here. I'm talking about wood. I'm talking about restoring wood. How wood that looks old and horrible put in the hands of a master carpenter becomes sometimes priceless. Well, you know what Jesus did for a living, right? It doesn't escape my voice. It doesn't escape my notice. Jesus was a carpenter by a living. Before his public ministry began, he took wood that had been cut down and turned it into something of lasting value. And then he did the same with lives. And he still does. That's exciting. That's an adventure. Here's what I dare you to do today. Here's what I dare me to do today. Let's think about the stuff that's getting at you. Think about the stuff you've already gone through. But what you're going through right now. What would happen if we took that right there and said, God, thank you. Thank you that you have allowed me to go through this. Think about our sins and say, God, thank you. This was my choice, God. This was my choice. But you can use even this because God is the great recycler. He can use anything and he can reconcile everything horrible that you went through, that you thought took you away from peace and God and make it part of your testimony. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. Romans 8, 28. Here's one last one I want to share with you because Paul was talking to Ephesians and Gentiles and there was an issue sometimes. Yeah. Ephesians, excuse me, he was talking to Jews and Gentiles in Ephesians and there was an issue because there have been thousands and thousands of years where Jews lived with the understanding that they were the special ones, they were the called out ones, they were God's chosen people. And that's because for a while that was it. There was this one... One group of people that God said, okay, Abraham, listen to me. So his offspring are going to be my chosen people. They're the ones I'm going to focus on. But then through Christ, he said, everybody, 
You don't have to be born a Jew. You don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to go through the ritual to be a Jew. You can all be my chosen people now. You can all come to me. No external ritual needed. You, you can do one to show it. But it's not about the cutting of the foreskin or even about the water that's poured on your head or dunked in or sprinkled or however you do it. It's about you asking me and it's about you receiving what only I can give you. And it said in Ephesians 2.16 to reconcile both. God came in one body to reconcile both. Let me, I, I'm sorry, I was not honest. I want to read one more scripture. This is so exciting to me. This is an adventure to me. Ephesians 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of the world and the rulers of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. You were dead, Barnwood. You were cast aside, craze. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of the flesh, our flesh, and following its desires and thoughts. We were all beat up Barnwood, cast aside crates. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving wrath. We did it to ourselves. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We're valuable because God paid everything to make us valuable. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Jesus Christ. In order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparably rich, incomparable riches of his grace expressed in the kindness to us in Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Your trophy. Your trophy of grace. For it is by grace. You've been saved through faith. This is not from yourselves. We did not repurpose ourselves. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we, here's the carpentry terms, we are God's handiwork, Ephesians 2.10, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. How crazy is it that that old piece of wood that was chopped up just for a mundane task of carrying the burden of other things on it and then ready to be cast aside and now old and people not even wanting to touch it. That was created with the end of having a purpose of new life and growth, of holding the soil that had new life and growth. How crazy is it that we were created, one of billions and billions and billions and billions and trillions of people throughout all time in history, more than we could even count, but God can, as one of many, that through our mess-ups and our mistakes and our brokenness and our mess of life, we were reduced to dirt. We are dirt. You know, the word for human, Adam, means dirt. We are made with dirt. But God from the beginning knew our old dirty lives. He wanted to and planned on repurposing and using and housing for that dirt of our lives to be the very soil of growth in others. And he reconciled. Reconciled in Ephesians 2.16. It means to change a way. It means to completely change a relationship. 
It's three words. One of them means to change, and the other two means to really, really change. Really. <laughs> For good. Not just our relationship with God, but our relationship with others, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with the world. Everything is different because we are in the hands of the carpenter of all carpenters. And not only that, everything we go through has a purpose. Not because we always had to go through it. We don't have to sin. We don't have to make mistakes. But God will use it. God will take an unwanted pregnancy and make the life of somebody who changes the world. And God has. God will take a sin that we feel like we can never recover from and use it as a foundation. Turn it into a foundation, a reason for conviction. God took Paul's sin where he was killing babies. He was killing Christian families. He was going for a genocide against all who believed in the name of Christ. And he began, he became the greatest. He repurposed, completely changed, completely reconciled, completely redeemed that life and turned him into the greatest evangelist in all history. What can God do with you? If you know God, if you have received his grace, you have been redeemed. You have been purposed to repurchase at, pre fee pr bleh, at full price. And God want, God's already reconciled you. Just claim that. Complete change. And if you don't know him, just ask. Lord Jesus, you are good. You are holy. You are the great carpenter. There's no piece of wood you can't reclaim. There's no amount of soil that you can't nurture and bring growth through. Increase our faith, Lord. Increase our understanding of you. And help us to fulfill our purpose of good works, not for themselves, but out of an overflow of who you are in us, Lord Jesus, that your light may shine through us, that we may point others to you and receive your glory, even as we bear your glory, Lord Jesus, to just live in it because of who you are in us. Be glorified, Lord. Amen. And be blessed, Lord Jesus.